Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode five of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by... Kevin Gallagher. Here I am. Yeah. And today, you might you might be noticing there's a substantially... There, there's more meat on screen <laughs> than you might be used to. There's just more... There's more man on screen. Uh, we're continuing our string of really big guests. We've got one of the hottest grapplers in the world right now, both physically and in terms of how fast he can choke you unconscious. Uh, a fellow Jersey boy, a uh, fellow export of the Garden State, and just an all-around badass, Nick Rodriguez. Nick, how you doing? What up, guys? Doing well, man. Happy, happy to be here. Cool, man. Cool, oh, man. man. I feel, it's, now, it's not very often that I feel like uh, like very beta and inferior when I'm on a show. I mean, there's something about Nick being around that kid just makes you like cower away. <laughs> Even the toughest guys in the room tend to freaking sit back and just let Nick have his way. <laughs> to be honest, I was t I was tempted to try and do like 70 pound shrugs and just like see what I could do, what kind of pump I could get, but I, I realized it was it was not going to be worth it. Now now Nick, I know I know that. Uh, Myself and Kevin will really want to get into a bunch of jujitsu questions, wrestling, hear more about you. But I just, I just drove, uh, I just drove out of Manhawken actually, and so I'm, I'm get filled with Jersey energy, and I kind of just want to do some Jersey specific questions that I don't think anyone's ever asked you before. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, man. Okay. All right. First off, uh, Bon Jovi or Springsteen? Uh. I guess Bon Jovi. Just oh guess. man, really? Yeah, I mean, I really. Yeah, kind of. I'm kind of young. You guys. Are <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought you'd be a little bit young for that question. I mean, I thought that was like a Jersey thing. I didn't figure you'd know who Bon I Jovi mean, or Springsteen was. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I know the names, with a bunch of old heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely. I know the names, not the music. <laughs> okay. Right, well, all one? you need. All you need to know is that Bruce Springsteen looks like he lifts more. If that <laughs> helps. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, now that 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 was that's probably it for the jersey. We'll, we'll stow the jersey questions. Yeah, that was I don't it. Wanna, that's all you I got. To show your age, it, a lot of it was just going to be about like the Tappan Z and and how it. That's cool, man. But uh, yeah, so how you doing, man? You coming off of your 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 grapple with uh, Luke Rockhold? How did that go for you? Yeah, uh, it was good, man. I I got the win. I didn't get the sub uh, like I wanted to, but you know it was a pretty dominant match. I kind of just uh, manhandled him. Hand fought and took him down whenever I wanted to. Uh, it was it was good. It's a pretty clear victory. Um, I'm taking a break right now. I have like six weeks of no competition. Uh, just get get you know body repaired, recovered, and uh, you know as soon as February February comes around, it's going to be uh, a, a lot of competition. Man, I probably I have like two things lined up right now, but I have a bunch of offers in the door, so it's going to be busy on the on the for the upcoming months. You didn't do Nogi Worlds this year. No, actually, I got like a a, a tattoo, like say we just worked Nogi Road, so I was like, yeah, it's not that. And I'm really like, I'm not yeah, about right. competing for free. So I hear you. I hear you. Right, I hear you. I hear you. I just yeah. saw you. I know you went out last year and you wanted you wanted a blue belt. Yeah, I mean, I, I figured I, you might want to go that out because I did it because I need to build the name. For yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I have a name now, so right, uh, right now, yeah. I feel you on that a little bit too, man. Yeah. To tell you the truth, I was gonna go do the Nogi Worlds. Like, I still want to win it at black belt just because yeah. that's my thing. You know, you know, what I'm talking about. It's I know it's yeah, masters, yeah. but I still want to be able to say I'm a black belt world champion just because I want that notch in my belt. But at the end of the day, like, I don't give a fuck about the fucking yeah, Nogi sure. Worlds. <laughs> like, it's cool, and it's cool to say for like my mindset, but like, it means fucking nothing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and it's so ridiculously like 
tilted the the rules and i, I used to be mr ibjjf anymore i'm just like man fuck this bullshit you have to everything has to work you have to get like unless you're nick rodriguez you know a, a freak amongst men in the blue belt division but you have to have like certain things happen and go your way and get a few good calls and not get caught up in a dumb uh, like advantage just to even to be able to make it through, through the finals in that uh in that tournament mm-hmm. oh. but anyway man so i i was i was gonna ask you a few questions about your your, your fight with um with uh what the hell is his name luke rockholtz okay yeah so like i know he talked a lot of trash like he talked a lot of trash about his uh, superior wrestling and how he was going to be able to take you down he wasn't going to be able to you he wasn't going to be able to handle you and all these other things like that and uh it, i was a bit surprised at the lack of activity he showed during that yeah, what did I you think what did you think about that well i definitely didn't anticipate him to just like kind of stall the whole time and and bait me into taking a bad shot so he can right. get a renegade or a, a, a guillotine choke. Because, I mean, that's not the game plan he came with. And he came with this whole talk about how he was going to, like, you know, he was going to take you down. He was going to do all that shit. And then he comes out there and, you know, fainting the freaking single leg so you can get caught in something stupid, you know? Like, yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, I was just disappointed. I think in the sub, it, it's pretty hard to sub somebody that kind of just plays right. defense, defense all the time, you know? Right, right. I think if he was a little more active, the sub would have came uh, right. within the time limit. But, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he kind of just baited me to take his leg, and I'm a, uh, you know, I, I try to be a smart grappler. I'm not gonna just play into somebody else's game plan. Right. You know, it's it's my house when you're in there. You go, you play the rivals. So, and plus the fact that, like, to a certain extent, like you're you're like not necessarily the champ, but you're the one there to be beaten. Like he came up and called your ass out. You know what I mean? Like you're the one yeah. on top of the world. <laughs> He's maybe on top of the world somewhat, maybe not so much anymore, but somewhat in the MMA world. But like this is your world. He's coming in here to challenge the the the, yeah. the jujitsu community. So he needs to be bringing the fight to you. And you know, you you did you did the Nick Rodriguez game plan, man. You fucking you beat him up, you bring him down, you get that snatch, and then, then whenever you're ready, when they start breaking down, you come for your shots. You know that's that's what you do, and there's nothing wrong with that. I was just I was just kind of a bit disappointed in the lack of effort that Luke Rockhold was 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 was. was using to bring the fight i even thought at certain point he should have just realized hey but there's no way i'm taking this gorilla down it's just not going to happen let me just pull guard and see what happens you know what i mean he's obviously he's obviously superior the superior jujitsu athlete when you talk about technique and i don't i don't mean that as any disregard to you but you know what i mean he should be more technically savvy in his jujitsu game than you are at this point so why not say screw it i want to win this thing I'm not going to get into a freaking wrestling match that I'm not going to win. Let me just pull a guard and yeah. whatever happens, happens. Pride kills, man. It does. Pride kills yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, he just had, uh, yeah, a little too prideful. I mean, it, pulling guard is, uh, is, is cool and all. I, for me, my preference, if you stand with me, that's what, that's what I like. You know? Right. So if you're going to give me what I want, then it's going to be easy for me, bro. Right. But, it, but the, point, the point being is, is he wasn't even – he wasn't even attempting to take you down. It didn't even look like he figured he was. He at the end he had like one or two lame ass shots on you, but he wasn't. Yeah. Really, he should have been doing that the whole match. You can't do yeah. that with a minute left. You know, what I mean? you need to break into that and keep going. But he didn't want no part of that. My point is this: like if you're so, if you totally don't think you're going to freaking win by a takedown, and you have to win by submission because again, it's a submission only match. Like why not freaking pull guard and go from there? I mean, you were actively trying to pursue takedowns. He wasn't really doing much of anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought he was going to pull guard. You know, when I talked to the whole team, you know, uh, we all thought he was. We anticipated him pulling guard early, uh, but you know, 
whatever we we adapt and we, you know, we get the win no matter what <laughs> person cool. personally i gotta assume that he got in there and you were such a physical freak of nature with such a massive amount of skill it probably gave him yoel romero romero flashbacks yeah. and it just kind of psyched <laughs> him out a little bit like yeah yoel, what's think, he I, doing here yeah nobody really understands uh, the level of hands fighting that i bring to the table uh once i once i get my my hands on you you know it's like a uh when I when I want to snap you down, and when I want your face hit the mat, your face is gonna hit the mat. Dude, I I see I see that. Like I'm I'm a pretty large person. You know what I mean? I'm not big, but I'm 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 a pretty big guy. You know, I got big shoulders. I'm about six foot tall. You know, I have a, like a broadness to me. Like when I stand next to you, like I you, you like just dwarf me, <laughs> and like and it's and then you take your shirt off. And it's like it's all rock, you know. There's nothing yeah. to you. There's not a piece of like I'm, I'm telling you. Like I've seen this kid up close quite a few times, and like he is every bit of the athletic machine that you think he is. And then we watch you on on Instagram doing one arm somersaults, like it's like <laughs> like you're a freaking gymnast, you know. And it's it's one of the one of the more impressive things I've, I've seen in a long time is your just your athleticism, and not just your athleticism, like your your understanding at 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 the level of understanding that you have of winning, and it's 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 got a lot to do with your confidence. Dude, I mean, uh, I think the best way to get good at any competition is just to just compete. You can you can be a gym warrior, you can practice, 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 but unless you have 100, 200, 300, 100 matches under your belt, uh, you're just a hobbyist, bro. You know, if you ask all all the greats, you know, I was talking to Gordon. Uh, not too long ago, and just just to get a perspective on what it takes to be at that level, I was like, dude, how many matches have you had before black belt? He's like, literally close to a thousand. And I was like, all right, that's you know, that's a couple hundred matches a year. He's only been around jujitsu eight right. eight years or so. I don't, I don't know the exact time, but thousand matches in a short period of time. That's that's a lot of experience, and that's why he's he got to where he's got. That's why I'm where I am. You know, I have almost almost 60 matches and it's i'm going into to year two so when i ramp up the competition the uh quality of competition the amount of competition and uh we're gonna see where we're at next adcc that's cool man now the uh, with with the, the rockhold fight uh or the rockhold match fresh in your head um how would you compare it to what is what is without a doubt your other highest profile uh match which was against cyborg this mm -hmm. past year like how did those two different uh, I mean, athletes match up any, against each other? Any anytime you're going against another jujitsu practitioner, that their their one job is to submit you, it's always going to be a lot harder than somebody that has a, a mixed martial arts career. You know, it's a, it's a lot more to focus on, and you're not you're not as as focused on on specifically jujitsu. So uh, Luke Rockhold, it just it, it was it just really wasn't that big of a deal um, as far as like you know how how to get the win. Uh, because it wasn't, he wasn't, he's not a very complicated grappler. Yeah, you didn't um, have as many things to be concerned about as you did with Cyborg. There's yeah, many yeah. options for him to go for submissions and, and, and savvy in that regard. Yeah, I mean, when, when it came to, Rock, to Rockhold, I just knew, you know, uh, get up, get out the guard and stay out the front head stuff. So uh, that's pretty much what I, I said. On if I keep, keep around, man, I know it's going to win. Uh, Coming come to Cyborg match, uh, talking about that, I mean, Cyborg stuff, you know, but again, I, had, I just had the game plan to get on top and stay on top. Um, next time I see him, obviously I'll be a, a warmer technical. Um, I'm getting better at every every week, you know. I, I really am, and uh, I don't know. I, I could definitely see myself submitting, uh, you know, Cyborg and that lever, that caliber of athlete within uh, a year or two. Um, I just have to sharpen my tools, man. Focus on on getting to the back, 
getting to my my advantageous positions a little bit faster, and uh, so it gives me more time to work. Dang. Well, uh, you've obviously taken the sport by by storm, and I have no doubt that had you started anywhere, you would have eventually become the success you are now. But how much of your current situation would you attribute to what you bring to the table, what your teammates bring to the table, and like what what John Donaher brings to the table? Like how uh, much of that environment helped you become who you are? It's it really is a an accumulation of everything, you know. Um, I'm practice I practice uh, at Henzo's, you know, with, with the death squad, four or five, or five plus times a week, and uh, you know, anytime anything has to do with jujitsu, it's it's we have our own curriculum over there, so we're not people don't kind of don't know what to expect unless you're competing against a Henzo Gracie guy. Uh, we move differently, and uh, I think just the quality of practices that we get in there is just uh, it gives us. It gives us a tremendous advantage uh, when it comes to competition. And then on top of that, you know, tra I train at, at Rutgers with the NJRTC and Rutgers Wrestling twice a week. And uh, that just gives me, uh, you know, keeps me sharp on the feet, keeps me learning, and it keeps me aggressive, man. I, I If I'm if I'm not going to beat you with technique, I'm going to outwork you, and I'm going to break you mentally before I break you physically. Yeah, I, I there's, you know, again, I, I'll say this a hundred times, and I always say this, I don't think there's, anything on the planet that is tougher than a very legit d1 wrestler i don't think that i if i had to pick across the board and don't know anything about anyone i look in the room and there's like one guy does jujitsu one guy does this one guy does that and i, and I gotta pick the guy i want in my back it's probably gonna be the d1 wrestler like there's just something about those guys that are freaking cut from a different mold because they've grown into that 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 field so like you have that aggression you have that grind you have that fight and you have that like suck like living through the suck kind of kind of vibe yeah, i i go i go out of my way for uh, for anniversary you know as far as you know finding great practice partners right like you know i moved up up to new york to train with these guys and i'm still i you know still train at Rutgers twice a week and it just gives me that that mental advantage to, to say like listen i'm, I'm practicing with the best in jiu-jitsu and the mm -hmm. best in wrestling so both locations no matter what position we're in i feel comfortable i'm confident i'm gonna get up and out and get on top whenever i can so let me let me ask you a question about that because it's that's an interesting turn that i was trying to i was going to kind of lead to so so i i, I talk about you a lot is is and, and one of the things that really like like impresses me the most about you is like your supreme confidence that you have in yourself and 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 and, and, and i mean this in a sense because i know you as a person and, and i know that the confidence isn't arrogance and there's a difference between that because arrogance is weakness your confidence comes from a true belief in yourself in every avenue that you that you walk in you know you you you're you freaking want to be a male model get yourself be a male model you don't care take your shirt off why because i can't you know you know what i mean <laughs> right you want to go out and be a jiu-jitsu practitioner i'm going to go do it because that's what i can do why because i can because i'm that confident myself to be able to do that so do you feel like that confidence is something that is more god-given to you or because you align yourself and do the right things to put you and yourself in the right position to be that confident, but i.e. finding great comp, uh, great training partners to train with to push yourself better, you know, eating right and you know, you know, training hard as you do and things like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's I think it's a learned aspect. You know, so I know some people that that are, are born with confidence. I, I was born with work ethic, not confidence. So I apply my work ethic to anything I want in life and. Uh, Throughout the work, I think that builds confidence because I have success because of my work. Um, so, I mean, it's, a, it's definitely a learned aspect, you know, like 
I'm not one to to sit and wait for opportunities to come to me. I, I make opportunities. You know, when it comes when it came to the male model, to the fitness modeling stuff, you know, I filled out that willing me in the application. I got signed on my own. I was driving up to New York, you know, a couple times a week to to get to get signed, do photo shoots. Same thing with with jujitsu, man. I I worked my way up the up the Hensel Gracie rank and traveled my ass off to get to 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 you know Danaher's classes, and it pays off, man. You know, I think uh, just being consistent in your craft builds confidence because the more time you spend on it, the better you're going to be at it. Man, kid, I'm more impressed with you every time I talk to you, man. You're such a good kid, dude. <laughs> that was like, that is honestly 100% Nick, like the things that champions say. And I, I mean that to, to tell you that, not because I want to like pat you on your back, but man, that's when, when you talk about what a champion means and what a champion is going to do and he's going to stand by what he says and, and the things that turn you into champion, that's it, kid. Well, I appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, man. Cool. I mean, I kind of want to pat you on the back just because, like, I've never patted a gorilla on the back yeah. before. And I just kind of want to see how, how the muscles work. <laughs> Kev, he's so big. He could, like, put you on his shoulder. I know. And, like, carry you, you, look like a little, you look like a little damsel next yeah. to him. In that I do. It's when I stand great. next to him, I look like like I could just, like, nuzzle him. <laughs> he's, <laughs> like, dude, I'm like, dude, you got to get away. He's going to take – he's going to King Kong you up that tower, man. Like, he's done. Now – now, Nick, since since you've defe- like since you've defeated uh, Luke Rockhold in one area of his life, uh, grappling, are you now gonna try and like become the next big Ralph Lauren model and just sort of dominate that aspect of his life too? Or- <laughs> Dude, you're gonna, you're gonna leave him alone that. for a little bit. <laughs> I'm not one to turn down opportunities, so if uh, Polo hits me up, I'll definitely answer them. <laughs> what is okay now? Now here, how about this? What what does the the signature Nick Rodriguez uh, Ralph Lauren fragrance smell like? Like what what are we working with here? Uh, I don't know. You gotta ask the ladies, man. Whatever they like. <laughs> Whatever the ladies like. <laughs> That's good, man. That's funny. <laughs> So what? Um, oh man! I, I mean, I know you got a bunch of super fights coming up. I know you're going to be on Kasai, and I know you're going to be on, uh, on on a couple other things coming up. And you're, you're, I mean, you're you're probably booked solid in super fights until you don't want to have super fights anymore. I'm sure every freaking promotion would like to have you on there to sell their fight at this point. Um, but what are some of the things you're planning on in the future? Because obviously, you're not just going to be a jujitsu athlete for the rest of your life, like. Do you have any do you have any plans for things that you want to do that you're kind of building your notoriety towards to work on to the next step i.e like MMA I know you were looking at some professional wrestling stuff I think you would be an amazing professional wrestler maybe yeah, if you- I, have, I have some stuff in the back of my mind um, I'm still you know I still have to build build my name build my brand but uh, I wouldn't mind the whole WWE thing maybe yeah. some act, maybe some acting classes uh, yeah. I, you know I want some some gyms in my names some uh, I, I have a lot of aspirations I can tell yeah. you uh about my fucking plans all day but uh, i'll let you know after it happens you know then we'll talk about it <laughs> yeah right I, yeah. I mean i it's it's cool just i i, I feel like you, you can do whatever you want to and i think you believe you can do whatever you want to and, and it's again it goes back because it's not because you have the belief in yourself because you believe in you trust in hard work you know if i want to do something i work my ass off for it even if it doesn't happen at least i can say i can't say i didn't try you know what i mean yeah, exactly man my dog, bro. Kev, what you got, man? Any other questions, man? Twenty. I'm just thinking the years 20, 2099, Nick, Dr. Nick Rodriguez becomes the first man to accept the Nobel Peace Prize <laughs> without wearing a shirt. He's just he's ripped just, as hell. Just like the Chippendales bow just tie on. Just the Chippendale, yeah. like the, the cufflinks. That's like, I mean, yeah, that's the look, know. yeah. The look right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, uh, just real quick, uh, since like – 
I, I know you've um like I, I know you you expressed interest in a in a rematch with Pat Downey, like in yeah. in some sort in of grappling rule set. Yeah, my March is happening. Are there any sort of fights like that that you're looking for, like sort of off the beaten path opponents, like like wrestling guys, MMA guys, like yeah, yeah anyone I, in mind? I actually have a. Uh, I'm trying to set some up with one of DC's training partners, right? I want I want a bunch of a bunch of big fights. I want a, a lot of MMA guys. I feel like their their styles kind of uh, align well with me as far as being entertaining because these guys all want to attack more. And same, same me for me, you know. Whoever's attacking me, I, I want to, you know, go to all things, get my points that way as well. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm just trying to get a bunch of super fights. I like it's a it's a very hazy middle ground between jujitsu and wrestling, and kind of the scrambles that it creates. It's it's interesting, man. It's, when both when both uh, kind of athletes are, are attacking, it makes for an interesting uh, scramble because nobody really knows knows what to expect. We're kind of predicting the wrestlers to turn a certain way. And, you know, it's the same thing, vice versa. Wrestler guys are expecting jiu-jitsu guys to roll certain way. They're just, uh, it's a completely different feel, so it makes for an interesting matchup, man. Yeah, man, I'm, um, I like I liked the, the, the wrestling crossovers. Um, uh, I think it's, I think it's cool to see, you know, for, for, the, for the fact that at least it's bringing a new market into the jiu-jitsu market. You know, it's bringing more eyes on professional jiu-jitsu because jiu-jitsu, as big as it is, it's, it's, an, an infant in compared to the size of what wrestling is internationally. Yeah. So if we can start getting some more of those people to look at jujitsu, it's just more to build the sport and more action. And then you get jujitsu guys thinking a crossover because it don't take long. You know, this yeah. for, for Pat Dowdy at the wrestling level that he is to become extremely proficient in jujitsu is maybe a year. You know, <laughs> you, you, know? you know what though, man, it, it takes, it takes a different kind of wrestler. Cause I'm telling you like, my opinion, Pat Downey is not going to make any uh, uh, a good transition to jujitsu since he's not a mat wrestler. Right. The guys that the guys that <laughs> transition well are, are the guys that are okay, are decent or proficient on the feet, but when it comes top bottom, they can get all, up and off the mat when somebody's on top, and when they are on top, they can ride boots, they can turn, they can pin. Uh, those are the guys that do really well uh, in jujitsu. My, just my opinion. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can, I can see, I can see what you're talking about. I and mean, there's, there's definitely an art form to being a, to being a writer to be able to keep those people on, on, on their, on their knees when yeah. they're, when they're on the mountain wrestling. Well, dude, man, I think, uh, I think we got enough to let you go. Me and Kevin talk for a little bit, man. I appreciate you coming on, dude. It's uh, awesome. Sounds good, you, dude. I mean, like, Kevin, unless you got yeah. anything else you want to talk about, man. I think we're just gonna like freaking oogle at you and freaking win, 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 win uh, yeah no I'm like when, when you go when you when you go i'm just gonna pull up my nick rodriguez folder on my computer so, yeah. save, save Kev, i mean Kev, i love you i love you but you're not a looker so no, it was no. nice to have something like i got a little nick, nick knows i got some skills at. me and nick have hit the town before i got a little something yeah. going on i ain't nick i ain't nick rodriguez but i can spit some game with the best of them yeah but nick, nick like just for real just as a fan it's it was a great uh, great opportunity Opportunity to meet you. Loved loved hearing more of your thoughts. And uh, yeah, uh, hopefully we we see you again sometime. Real yeah, quick before it. we leave, man. I I can't uh, I can't remember like I, I the, the 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 sounds of joy that were on Kevin's 
voice when I told him I could get Nick Rodriguez on the show. I, I, I mean, his oh little eyeballs—he he was so <laughs> so excited <laughs> when the words. Nick I'm just Rodriguez. like, the, I was like, yeah, like, I mean, I could text him. He might not text me back, but I'll text him and see what's up. <laughs> he might say no. He like, might say but yes. like, but Kev, if if Nick if Nick Rodriguez like talks to me, then maybe maybe my wish to be big and jacked will come true. You know? That's, I'll hey, be Chris seven feet tall. Hey, kid. I appreciate your time, brother. All right, man. We'll talk to you later, bro. See you, man. Thanks as always, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh, that was cool, man. Gosh, what a dude. What a dude. I tell you, man. It's so weird. Okay, you got to stop doing that. You you can't call him kid. He is a a gorilla. I call everybody kid. He looks like he's 35 and he's been been, like lifting since the dawn of time. (laughs) He, uh... He's such, me, a, kid. <laughs> he's such a good, like he's such a good person. And he kind of gets this, this people have this like opinion of him. He, he's this kind of like cocky, arrogant kid. And he's not, he's just a harsh competitor and he's very confident in himself. But when you talk to him, <sighs> you really get to know that like, man, he's really like, I've hung out with him. I've been out with him, stuff like that. He's such like a good, authentic, like really good, like good kid. You can tell he comes from a good family and stuff. I mean, yeah, he's like he's just a, a dude who who lifted weights and and went after it right. and all the stuff he wanted to do and yeah, but you know, he's, yeah, it, but he's it, like he's driven more than that. He's driven more than just some freaking like he, he gives the appearance oh. of just like some some bro. You know what I mean? He's he's really really far. Oh no, it's really, all really you don't you don't get that. Yeah, you don't get that. You don't get. It's easier to talk to him now. Talk right. about him now that he's yeah, not exactly. here. Exactly. <laughs> um, but you you you. When you when you do talk to him, you get the sense that this is a guy who who knows exactly what he's putting out there. Right. Not just exactly. like what he wants, but what he he knows how a certain number of people are going to see him. Yeah. And the people that he knows w- need that type of person to get inspired will get inspired by right. it. Some right. good will be generated. Right. Like right. everything you hear about Gordon, like if you just followed Gordon's Instagram page, you would assume this guy is an egomaniac right. psycho. Right. Like. Uh, like is funny dude but like when you hear the fans talk about him and their right. interactions it's like yeah he's the nicest guy he's pretty cool kid. he's pretty he's another, he's another pretty cool guy dude I've, I've, I've like he's got me in the henzo's a train with him before and stuff like that and sat down and talked and things like that i mean if, if you're that good at jujitsu you can't be that big of an asshole man the 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 the, the dedication level of dedication the level of 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 mental intuition and insightfulness it takes to become that proficient at jiu-jitsu means that you're not a shitty person and if you are in the beginning stages you grow into a better person just for, for, for what the hell it takes to get that black belt you have no i mean it's a it's a a grinding mental mental and physical game that lasts for almost you know 10 12 years in gord's case he got it five or six but it was the you know time served of 10 12 yeah. years for him well anyway, it's all i think it's like it, it, he, he did 10 to 12 years worth of learning on the mat you know right. he was ta- nick was talking about like Four a thousand matches right right exactly yeah exactly. just like that that level of and he condensed it basically Man, i saw you i know, saw I gordon that- compete when he weighed like he weighed like 160 pounds 170 pounds he was like a little string bean he won a, a oh submission only he, like it was when he was just starting to get on the mat we were he won a a submission only match down here in tampa called the sapatero and he won like ten grand, and they kept winning that. And him and Eddie Cummings and uh, Gary and all those guys kept winning things out here. All back when yeah, the original they, they Death Squad with like John Calliston. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a long time oh, ago. Man, those, it's it's we've seen the we've seen the sport change. Like jujitsu has changed more radically in such a short span of time than I think any other sport. 
Oh yeah, it's you huge. Know, it's, it's like, grown. It's grown. And it's still, it's 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 sad because in our mind it's everything, but in really in the reality of things, it's it's very very tiny. And and what what the the yeah the, what do the people actually problem, care yeah, about? What, what oh, do people actually care about? Right. Tom Tom Brady's going to be the best quarterback for right. every for, uh, until fifty years after we're dead. You know, like and I would I think that I'd just, love to have jujitsu grow at least to a point where it's like you know appealing enough that people that stay up late night and watch like freaking strongman competitions or dumbass like you know archery shows at four in the morning will be like hey let's watch this jujitsu thing this is pretty cool then you get a little following like that you know i see every right for kasai or maybe one of these other bigger events to be able to be on that you know it's funny i was talking to my buddy i was talking yeah i was talking about uh, to my buddy tristan who's like he comes from like a traditional martial arts background like muay thai but all like Kyokushin, Shotokan Karate, like Taekwondo. And he talked a lot about, you know, his family, uh, his, his mom immigrated here from the Philippines. Coming into the, the martial arts boom of like the 80s and 90s, it, it, like jujitsu never had that. We're kind of getting it right. with like, oh, John Wick does jujitsu or like, yeah, right. Right. Yeah, yeah, I could, yeah. When Bruce Lee was on top of the world and, and everybody was watching Kung Fu. Yeah. I think they were able to set the tone. They had right. uh, so much control over the messaging and mm-hmm. jujitsu is like too new. It's never gotten that. It's never right. been able to just sort of dominate right. uh, a space in the way that like, but I will, I will tell did. you this, the, the, the UFC as it continues to dominate, uh for viewership and for 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 uh, for an audience uh it will start to promote and start to make mma schools which are essentially jujitsu schools start to grow too and that's we're starting to see that a lot i see you see a lot of people coming in they're like oh i watch the ufc i want to learn how to do that shit and then they start doing jujitsu yeah, anyway let's talk to the two days I yeah. got um I'm UFC. Running, I'm running a little bit. You want to talk about the UFC? Let's do it because I got I got about another. Yeah, just like rapid. Right, we're we're gonna talk about uh, uh, Volkanovski, Nunez, and Covington. Yeah, those I, the, I wanted good, to talk about that. You that. know, maybe, maybe we can have Avery on next week and talk about that. I want to have her, Avery. I always want to have Avery on. Maybe we can have her on and talk about Avery's that. Our boss. Sure. Avery's <laughs> our boss, the editor in chief of the Jiu-Jitsu Times. I've had more. So I've had more cool. freaking. I've never actually met her. Or spoken to her on the phone. I just send her Facebook messages all the time. So I just no. I I got the chance to meet her. I got the chance to meet her and Kim. Yeah, she's uh she gave me my job. I basically like DM'd her one day and was like, hey, I just graduated and I need a job. Emil, Emil might be a good guest too. Emil Fisher would be. Can you spell? Yeah. Let's oh, get a, Neil, he's, yeah. I've had him on my other if podcast. If we ever have a meal, I have. I got my. I got. I'll wear my rainbow gi, my tie dye gi, <laughs> right, and right. so I can be like Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat because that's the that's the most colorful man in in jujitsu right there. Well, let's get Avery. But, on. I, uh, I want to get Avery on this thing eventually. We'll do that. Let's talk about this fight. Come on, yeah, get go, I, I got. A, I got about. Yeah. So right minutes. off the bat, Nunez, Yeah, Nunez, best of all time for all time. Yeah, I think I think, I think this fight solidified that. I, here's the here's the weird thing. The last four fights could have probably solidified well, that. Like I'll tell you why. Her last four fights: Holly yeah, Holm, right, right, Jermaine right. uh, Duranime, uh, shoot, Cyborg, right. and then was it right after that was Rousey or right yeah, before that? Yeah, Rousey? Rousey was in there somewhere. Yeah. So there was another Hall of Famer in there. I don't know. Like, Misha Tate. <laughs> I think she might have fought Misha Tate too in there somewhere. I think, but I don't know for sure. No, I think. 
Yeah, I think she beat Misha Tate for the titles. I think what she did, didn't she? Because Holly Holm, Misha Tate beat Holly Holm, and I think Nunez beat Misha Tate. So I think she was in right. that. Um, yeah. So, okay. So yeah, anyway, just... the reason why I say that this fight really solidified Amanda Nunez's uh, greatness is because this was a fight she didn't just go out there and walk through somebody with. And I always say this about great fighters. It's it's very difficult to tell somebody they're this great fighter when they've never really been for through a war because you can never really know, like, well, what would have happened if somebody would have caught him? What would have happened if they would have had to face some adversity? Are they really just this supreme athletic athletic specimen or do they have that championship heart to push them through the hard times when you have the the ebb and flow of an actual prize fight that goes back and forth between another very game very very dangerous opponent and in this fight on saturday night we got to see that because um this girl i forget her name she was solid she was really good she had great striking germaine, germaine right she had great striking yeah. now nunez played a smart fight and i think she won most of the rounds with her wrestling but she had she was hurt quite a few times. She was in that crazy, crazy submission, that triangle. It was almost lights out. I thought she might have gone out with that. And then, you know, she the 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 girl what's her name again? I forgot. Was Jermaine Yeah, Duran. Right. She she was not stopping. She kept coming. So every time a Nunez would give her a little bit and think she could take a break, this girl was like, Hell no, I'm bringing the fight and I'm coming for you. Now her ground game from the bottom could have been a little bit better, but you know, Nunez is a freaking world world or world uh, world champion jujitsu athlete. So you yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah. You're in trouble regardless. But I think when you talk about what things that really make like special fighters like great and even more spectacular are when you see him in fights early test their determination when they have to show that championship heart. Like an example would have been John Jones when he fought Vitor Belfort. He got his arm broke in the middle of the fight. At that point, John Jones is rolling through everybody, murdering everybody. He actually got caught in that arm bar, almost got his arm broke, had to suck it up, fight through a bunch of adversity, ends up winning by the knockout. You, know, you see those things and you really say, okay, this isn't just some guy that's going to win a couple fights with his athleticism. This is a real true like champion. I just want to say this is probably my bias, but there's a theory that uh, Vitor felt the break happen and sort of eased up on it, and that's what, and that's what allowed John to continue the fight. But I could just be a hater right now, so I'm, I'm but I understand what you're saying, you <laughs> right? Know, like that, yeah, but you see that, like, like for me, for me, like obviously McGregor's crowning achievement is going to be I think it, no matter what he did like the champ champ I don't think that matters as much as dethroning Aldo. Oh yeah, that was that, that was be, that was without question the biggest moment in the history of freaking Conor McGregor's life when he beat freaking it, at the time at the time it was like one of the biggest things in MMA right like full stop. But for I think if you ask a lot of people his his performance against Chad Mendez yes the, that was the a good fight one. before that was a good one when infinitely he more up. impressive just cuz he was he was dealing with a guy like yeah. T- to be fair, Mendez didn't have a full camp, but it was very clear that Mendez was better than McGregor on the ground. Right. Like and he, he got caught taken in that down guillotine a few times. and kind of had to squirm his way out. Yeah. Of it. It was like mental toughness and resolution. And uh, yeah, and again, then he got the, but he got the knockout. I watched that fight, and it's, you're right, but I th- it's, it's sad because I think a Chad Mendez in full, and this is just fate because I think Chad Mendez at full capacity at that point in his career probably kills conor mcgregor but it was you know in conor mcgregor's defense you know he took on a short notice opponent you know and and got what he got all of a sudden he's fighting a a big time wrestler and he beat him you know every time he had a fight against a real legitimate wrestler 
something would be amiss. Like uh, Chad Mendes, you know, he's got two weeks to, to train. Like Jose Dos Santos, you know, breaks his foot and can't come out and compete. So he kind of got lucky in that regard to his mediocre rise because I think his wrestling was very suspect for a while. And now he's so good at everything. He's been training for a while. He's a special athlete that doesn't make a difference. Anyway, I also think that does does, it, does 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 McGregor still have that weird movement coach guy yeah. Vito Portal like that I was mean, his big like I for a long time Connor wouldn't be anywhere without Ido and now you can't like he's nowhere like he dumped I him. think that um, he's Moroccan by the way somebody told me that the other night this guy I know is from the same village oh. he's from um, I think that um, oh no he's not no not Moroccan he's um, Israeli. Anyway, whatever. I um, that's a big oh. difference. Maybe I should probably make that distinction. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. Um, so what I saw, like, becoming from a striking background as a boxing coach, I boxed for a long time and I, I teach boxing and stuff like that. I, the idea of capturing that chi in your movement and staying balanced and allowing your body to move more efficiently and more fluidly when you move, I think is a very underrated aspect of, of, of athleticism, weight distribution, and being able to move back and forth. And I think that some of the stuff that Connor does really shows through because when you look at his balance and you look at his ability to be able to stay strong and move in and out and flow with things and be explosive comes from his ability to maintain and, and, and feel that balance point throughout the entirety of his athleticism. So. That's true. There is that video of him like kicking candles, yeah, I know. like out, <laughs> yeah. and like he's he's on the balls of his feet and he's doing all this like Shaolin stuff. Okay, but we're we're getting off topic. Yeah, right, so no, right. Sorry. Goat. She's the she is the most she's the goatiest goat to ever goat in MMA. I think. I think. So too, man. Like, we'll see. She's got yeah, a little ways the, to go. You got to win. You got to win a little more. You got to be on top of the game for a little while longer before we start talking about that. But I don't know who's going to beat her. Okay, you know? now you sound like a Gordon Ryan hater. No, right? no, I'm not. So. I'm, just, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> facts are facts. I think that when you talk about being the greatest of all time, it's something. It can't be something that's a small window. It has to be over a long course of time. You have to be able to say, "I wasn't just a champion." Now you can say things about that might have been the best person to ever do it, but you can't really say that they were the greatest of all time because they don't have that. The, the one of the things that I really take into account is being the greatest of all time is longevity, and maybe it'll do it over an extended period of time. I mean, and if you're not doing that, I don't really think you'd be called a goat. That's just my opinion. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that. So like once a significant, uh, like a significant correlate, like a significant number of both uh, de- like years and also title defenses have passed. Right. Like that, exactly. there's an equate, like there's, it's not like an equation, but people, if people like are just sort of like, wow, you're still the champion. You're still on top. It's been yes. this long. Right. Like, That's when you start Yeah, I guess you're, crap. Yeah, you're you're it. You know, and, and that's the Johnson, thing is like, like you know, but thirteen also, and zero or something like that. I think is what he went. But also, here's here. the thing: is quality of competition because you know Jose beat some of the best of the best, but and like once you look at his once you look at his career post uh, Connor, that longevity is starting to wear. You know, right. he, like he he lost a split decision in his most recent fight. A lot of people say he got robbed, but it was like. He went from being undefeated t- t- for ten years to be like losing, you know, those decisions. Granted, it was in a new weight class. He was figuring a lot of stuff out, but I think that's that's what your that's where the longevity argument comes in, and that's why ju- people like George St. Pierre are so unique because they left the game right. and then came back right. 
captured a title. Yeah, you think about those like things, they, they, those extenuating circumstances when you think about true greatness, like Hodger Gracie. How is it? How how is it? How can you possibly compare someone else as the greatest of all time? And and, and whatever, right? I'm not I'm not saying Gordon's not the greatest because I think he's going to be the greatest jiu-jitsu athlete of all time eventually. But how can you not look at someone like Hodger Gracie, who dominated the sport forever, really didn't compete for fucking three years, comes back in, goes against the the murderer that murders everyone that took over for Hodger Gracie as the greatest of all time is kind of like the one to say who's the best and went out and actually like murked him like didn't even make it made it look easy against probably at the time the greatest guy in the young strong athletic Puchecha I mean that that was one of the most amazing things I think I've ever seen not just in jiu-jitsu and probably in all of athleticism and it's very underrated and untalked about like this it's amazing what he did for for a while, I tried to justify how out of shape I was with a picture of Hodger Gracie, and this is all the respect <laughs> in the world to the right. Gracie family. This is the best at well, this is one of the best athletes of all time. He's got like a dad bod. Like, yeah. He looks like a lanky sort of normal dude. Yeah. He's like he nine feet tall be, though. Oh, he's so long. He's so long. He's tall, so yeah. long. He's so long and so tall. Long I, and I did tall. a seminar with long and uh, tall Hodger, long and tall Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's move it on. I really got to get going. Let's talk about uh, what what do we got? Holloway, next? Holloway, Holloway fight. Yeah, what a great fight. Holloway, the, the Covington fight was end great. of the blessed era. Right. Yeah. End of the blessed just, era. Wow. That's it was true. A, had, the, had a great super game well, plan. Though. He had a great game plan. He he went out and he. He attacked him and, and, and brought it to uh, Holloway, and he was so strong with those leg kicks. He was crushing Holloway's legs with those leg kicks, w- which were keeping Holloway from from being able to use his best asset, which is his mobility. He's, like His striking is good, but it all comes off of him moving and creating angles. And because Volkanovski was crushing that leg with inside leg kicks, out, like outside leg kicks, it took away a lot of uh, Holloway's ability to move, and then Volkanovski would just beat him to the punch. Time and time again, it, it was very clearly like the 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 perfect execution of a plan right. that was discussed. You right. know, like they're like they it was it was almost like Bisping's corner talking about like going for that left jab because he drops his arm, right? Like, and that they he did that tell over and over again, and if, like he was able to get in some shots, and then he got the not the KO. He was. Sticking to the script so well. I hope that doesn't sound like I'm disrespecting. It was it was beautiful to watch. No, because he was he was getting in there with Holloway in a way we haven't like seen. No, yeah, no one beats Holloway. Did. No one beats Holloway to the punch. No one's no one outstrikes Holloway. He outstruck Holloway by God, like fucking. If they looked, they showed the the, the strike numbers. It was ridiculous. It was almost like like twenty percent, thirty percent. He outstruck Holloway by, which is unheard of. And you know, yeah. Just, and great, like man. when you when you think about like when you think about like he had the after, from his Ortega fight, I think he had like the record for most significant strikes landed before yeah. Colby, or like like before Colby did Robbie Lawler. I think that yeah. that uh, that took that. But well, let's let's yeah, finish shoot. it up there. I, let's talk about the the Colby Usman yeah. fiasco, or if not fiasco, <laughs> amazing fight. I thought it was a great fight. I thought it was awesome. Um, how now? Now, because we're going to talk a lot about, we're going to focus on how amazing Kamaru is. Let's just talk about the fact that how hard is it to do anything with a broken jaw? Oh God, I don't know. When did his jaw get broken? F- 
Did, did I they think say it got broken round? in the third. In the third round, I'm pretty sure it got broken at the end of the third. And I then mean, he, he ended up winning the fourth. I thought that fight was even. I thought that Kobe might have been leading. They, they they said that he was leading on the scorecards going into the final round. I think he was doing getting the better yeah. one for the most part, which is hard to tell because a in a fight like fan, that, it was like in, in a, a fight like that, fan, neither one of them uh, like uh, yeah. neither one of them looked like they were. Uh, like like they were really doing much more than the other. It was kind of a a lot of. I mean, it was an awesome fight. It's fun to watch, but it was a difficult fight to score. But I think that Covington probably was doing a little bit more than Usman was, to tell you the truth. Even though he, you know, he got his jaw broken in the fucking third round. That's tough, man. God, that's tough. That's, and I guess it, a lot. I guess so, adrenaline gets you through it, but like, oh, I don't want to do that shit. I mean, like I I came I came away with a a lot of respect for Colby just because that's. That's just rough, and yeah. you know, like obviously, there's a there's a there's a irony to it, you know, that a lot of people came in with, like, <laughs> oh wow, the shit talker can't talk shit anymore, and yeah, and obviously, like they're they're both there to fight, right. but I gotta I gotta say he he backed up his his yeah, you... guts by going out there and and literally I I was sure he was gonna sit he he sat on the bench and he told his coaches. I think my jaw, I broke my jaw. I assumed that that he meant he was like, oh, he's done, right? And he's like, nope, I'm gonna keep going. Just wanted I you guys to know. He's like, you know, I broke my jaw. He um he definitely yeah. deserves our our applaud for being an amazing tough freaking guy. You know, he fought his ass off against a super tough dude in a very tough fight that I that I think if would have went the distance, probably would have won. So let's talk. Speaking of that, let's talk a few minutes about that that stoppage in the uh, in the fifth round. I think it was close. It was only like ten seconds left or something. No, it was a little bit more than that, but it was definitely in the fifth round. It was towards the end. Yeah, it was towards the end. Um. Oh, real quick though, we so to start that to 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 talk a little bit more about that. Like, Kobe was a little bit upset about the poor officiating, and. I was watching the fight at a, at a place that didn't have a bar, that didn't have the uh, the audio on, so I couldn't hear a lot of what, what the commentators are saying. But I'll tell you that there were a couple instances where the fight, the, the referee stopped the fight for Usman that I thought may have been a little bit questionable, may have been a little more pain from strikes and should have allowed them to go on instead of like you know low blows and or eye pokes. Uh, and Covington kind of noticed that too, so he was pretty upset about the fact he thought that they were giving Usman an opportunity to 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 recover when he didn't really deserve it. I would say I think the one eye poke I caught, like, because I was watching the 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 Wi-Fi at my house is pretty garbage, so right. uh, it was cutting in and out a little bit. But I remember seeing one eye poke from Kamar, like from Kobe, that looked like, ooh, that looks like it was. An eye poke, you know. And right. it was, I think it was in the third round. I can understand why he would be annoyed, but also it's an eye poke. Like, I you don't play around with that. Yeah. Like, especially like look at look at Anthony Rumble Johnson. Like his eyes yeah. have almost been gouged out, yeah. both of them, several times. And that's that's an know? unfortunate so, thing. It's not like it's 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 unfortunate that it had to stop the action, but it doesn't say when you stop the the action it says if you get punched in if you get poked in the eye then you stop the action that's it it doesn't matter that you're already hurt and injured which you know i think that maybe referees need to make that judgment call a little bit better but i can see i can understand i don't think there was they were definitely pokes from what i saw 
You know, yeah. it definitely wasn't a legitimate stoppage. Even the low blow, it was it wasn't great, but it was you know maybe maybe Usman was handing it up a little bit. But I don't know, man. Sometimes you just get your balls grazed. That shit hurts. <laughs> you know, it doesn't take much. Oh my god. Every I, I, every white belt knows the the feeling that oh I'm never gonna get arm bars because I think I need to crush my genitals in order <laughs> right. to finish it, right. and I just uh, no one's explaining to me why I like how I that's not the case, but uh, Kamaru like his gas tank his gas tank really just blew me away. The fact I was impressed that he was too. Able to yeah, because Covington, we all know Covington can do it. Yeah. He was landing some yeah. bombs. We all know Covington. You know, like specifically stop. those uppercuts. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. punches. You all know Covington's going to keep coming. Man, he was landing a couple of nice uppercuts, and Newsman is just fucking. He's just a beast, man. He wasn't letting it go. And again, you get to you get an appreciation for what a championship party has. All three of these fights that were the the, the last three fights, Nunez, uh, you know. Holloway and then the Usman Volkanovski fight, yeah. fight, and then uh, Usman at the end, were all true amazing prize fights because you don't get to see a knockout. It's not going to be a finish. It's not a, not a, you know finishes are fun and they're cool and like they get the crowds going into it. But in my opinion, like sometimes watching a fight that doesn't really have a finish and maybe even have as many like big time knockdowns, but still has the definable notion of guys doing damage to one another, and you can see actively the ebb and flow of a fight. One fighter kind of moving up a little bit and this guy's saying oh hell no man i'm gonna show you what i got i ain't going down like that and it kind of hebs back this way and you never really are watching <laughs> and the action goes you know you know you understand and you can see you might not yeah. be able to score it in your mind but you can feel the tempo you know you can feel that uh yeah you know that, what, what do they call it the the freaking momentum going the flow the oh flow. yeah 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 but no I, it's it was the, yeah the stoppage i would right off the yeah. bat i would say I I think I agreed with it. I I and also, but also I fully understand that had it not happened, there is a, a good like there's a non-zero chance that Colby turtles up, rides out the round. You like maybe gets guard, like breaks down posture, and it gets the win via decision. Yeah, but. I- I agree I don't with you. Know. Too, he looks rocked. <laughs> I tell you, man. I, I, again. We were. It's funny. We were watching the damn fight. At the, we watched the whole damn fight all the way up until the fifth round of the last fight, and the damn internet went out. We freaking missed it. We I missed the TK. Oh. I was super pissed. I didn't see it until it came up on my damn phone. I was like, oh, everybody was all mad. But uh, when I watched it, it again the next day, or later that night when I saw the replay, like I was Kobe, like you. It was a good stop. It's the the first shot was clean, and you went. Well, I mean, you went down. You know, so that's one already accumulating damage. Then you got caught again and went down again. Boom. Then you're on the ground, covered up, getting punched repeatedly, not answering punches while you're on the ground covering yourself. Unfortunately, that's that's ground for a stoppage, particularly after you've already been rocked twice. The the, the referee's looking at you, and his only concern is your safety at this point. And I watched it. And I thought to myself, yeah, that was a pretty, that was a solid stoppage based upon upon the, the circumstances. It's unfortunate, but hey, man, I, I do think up. I do think that in like this is in a post Mario Yamasaki world. I think that if this had happened before his big like public issues with stopping fights too late, right? I think that the the ref might have been. I think was it Mark Goddard that was calling the fight. Yeah, I think, I think he it was. been a little a, a little okay with letting it go and seeing what happens. Also, Ben Askren has made me question when it is and is not okay uh, to stop a fight because that he, like he got like how, however bad this Robbie was, Lawler fight. 
however bad this was, I I would maintain that that no fight has like been allowed to go on like uh, like has turned around from a judge probably incorrectly allowing the fight to go on than Ben Askren versus Robbie Lawler. Yeah, like that. Are. I thought that was over in five seconds. I thought that was over in like 15 seconds. I'll tell you. Like the, I'll for, tell you right so, after the slam. I'll tell you the difference between the two. Okay, and this is where the rules start to become murky and gray, and they start to become into in the human human uh, account or humans, you know, whatever, intuition or whatever for the word I'm looking for. So Herb Dean is without question the best – the best referee in in mixed martial arts. He's the man. He he, he knows these things better than anybody. So when you're watching the Robbie Lawler Ben Askren fight and you see Robbie, you see Ben Askren get knocked out and almost get broken in the first round, you have to remember the gravity of the fight. This is the fight for Ben Askren to come out and show the world how great he is. I think wasn't his it was his first or it was his first UFC was his fight. First UFC yeah. fight. First ever yeah. UFC fight. So. You take in that into account. You take into account that it's still the first round. This is the first interaction they've had together. And then you also take into account that it was kind of a freakish situation. You know? So when you put all those factors in into into account and you think about what's going on and the fact that it's it's been asking, you know, Herb Dean's well aware of Ben Askren's former fights. He knows he's got a good chin. You look at that and you think to yourself, Oh God, it's so close to fight. But because of the gravity of all of these things involved, you don't want to take this guy's shot away over things that may or may not have been a slip, blah, 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 blah. And then, unfortunately, of course, in the end, there's the questionable submission decision, which, again, in my opinion, we don't have to debate this because everybody's beat it up. I think it was the right call. I think Robbie Lawler was out. I think his hand dropped down. I think Herb Dean asked him repeatedly to show, he could show a sign of, of being okay, and he never did, and that's that. Is that what yeah, so then I, when you take also, that like, right, and when you take that, you talk about Usman's fight and and, and Kobe Covington. Like it's at the end of the fight, Covington's absorbing a tremendous amount of fucking damage throughout the course of the entirety of the fight. He's already everyone tired. Everyone knows his jaw's broken. Yeah, everybody knows his jaw's like, broken. Everyone knew right. his jaw was broken. The ref yeah. looks at that and he thinks, okay, man. Unfortunately, like enough is enough because that's when guys really get hurt. Guys really get hurt when yeah. they have long, long fights of continued abuse that they kind of push through and think they're okay because their heart is too strong to let them quit. That's when guys really get hurt. All right, little yeah, homie. Well, listen, you yeah. gotta you gotta yeah, head out. I gotta head we, out. I'm already gone. Got a lot done. Yeah. Yeah, but this has been episode five of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I have been your host, Kevin Bradley. I'm Kevin Gallagher. There it is. Nah, we got it done. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good, good show today, Tika. I think we did it right, man. All right, okay.